Hello and welcome to the WorkSmart podcast. My name is Philip Allen and in this podcast I speak with Nick Dent, Proposition Development and Customer Engagement Leader WorkSmart, about the systems, controls and approaches financial firms can confidently take to overcome the implementation challenges of SMCR. So let's get to it. So, Nick, we've been talking over the number of years about SMCR implementation and embedding that in both the banks as well as insurers. What are the main issues that you're seeing or what are the main challenges about implementing SMCR solutions within organisations? Well, thanks for reminding me, Phil. We have indeed lived the dream for about four (laughs) years now. So, yeah, I mean, we have at WorkSmart a bucket full of experience that stems from when the regime first hit the banking sector, really. And now with the extension of the regime, interestingly, in some ways, we're seeing similar challenges. So I think first and foremost, what the regulator is really keen on is that the regime becomes part of your BAU, how a business operates. You know, so the cultural change is what they're really trying to, to push forward. And with that in mind, with SMCR, they're really keen that this doesn't become a tick box exercise. Absolutely. And of course, the danger is that any project team will look at the line item challenges that they need to deliver and deliver those. And I think that leads to struggles down the line in the sense that where I've seen this work best for firms is where they decide what the regime needs to deliver for them, what they want out of it, and set an overarching set of objectives. Be that a cultural change or be that just efficiency and effectiveness or whatever the case may be. But if you've got that overarching uh, kind of vision that you keep at the core of your objectives when you're implementing this, you've seen firms make the best of it when they keep their focus set at that level. I'm interested to pick up on the point you said that how does software solutions support an organisation, implement culture change? I think, frankly, use the technology for what it's good at, which is managing the transactional stuff, really. So what it allows you to do is pull your head above the parapet, really. So it really becomes about managing people and the effect the regime is having rather than managing the mechanics of the regime. Because, of course, any decent system will manage that for you. You know, it trigger calls to action automatically, make sure people are completing things in a timely manner and to standard and all that kind of good stuff. So it allows the, the people that are managing this to devolve ownership of the regime and the processes, but without losing oversight. And, and it's that oversight piece that's in, important because it allows you to focus on whether people are doing the right thing, making the right decisions. And I was listening to one of the leading banks recently, and they were very proudly saying how they've seen the regime become part of the whole culture of the business. So right down through the business now, they hear people saying, is that a reasonable decision to make? Or are we doing the right thing by the customer? And that's when you know that you've got it right. When the process sits in as BAU, it looks after itself and your focus on improving things within the organisation. And a key indicator of culture and conduct is the language of the organisation there. Definitely, I I would agree with that. In terms of challenges that firms have implementing software or even trying to live 
what the regime is about, which is cultural change, accountability. What problems are you seeing? With the extension of the regime, I think the, the lucky position that those firms are in is being able to, to glean the lessons learned from when it hit banking. So actually, people are a lot better prepared, and the industry has geared up significantly in the last three or four years as well. So the level of support that you can get from the industry, the conferences that are going on, uh, the level of involvement from industry bodies and that kind of thing is different to what it was initially, I suppose. But I think internally, people still struggle with the same challenges. So inevitably, the lion's share of ownership within each firm typically sits with the HR function. And rightly so, because it is people-focused stuff. But of course, there's a huge compliance aspect to the regime. So there is that learning curve where compliance have to learn HR and HR have to learn compliance. And very, very often we see, we see that kind of thing taking time. Yeah. But in terms of implementing the systems that we deliver, people are, are pretty much there. We have a pretty tried and tested approach to implementing our systems now. So we have set criteria, set questions for the configuration and tailoring of the system. And by and large, firms are responsive, quick to react. They've got the questions already. They've already done the thought yeah. because, because of that preparation. Nick, if there was one piece of advice you would give firms currently preparing for the new regime, what would it be? Oh, that's an easy one, Phil. Um, <laughs> don't forget about day two. I mean, please don't allow your project teams and your working groups to down tools in December of this year. December the 10th, you mean? Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, actually, the lion's share of the challenge will start to take hold next year. You know, for the majority of firms, there are a greater number of certified colleagues than there are senior managers. And actually, in, in terms of the heavy lifting, that's where the bulk of the challenge lies. And of course, the... So do you want to unpack that for people? When you say the bulk of the challenge lies, what do you mean by that? In terms of record keeping and process yeah. management. And it really is. I think what's at risk of catching people on the hop is thinking that this is a, a one-time task or even a once-a-year task. Because it's not. It really needs to sit in, in business as usual and become part of how the firm operates. And a great example of that is things like requests for references or, or the maintenance of people's competence and capability, you know, the monitoring of breaches, the monitoring of training. It's an ongoing thing. So in terms of that fitness and propriety piece, you really need to start in January of next year just monitoring your teams, reviewing them, because you're going to have to certify them by the end of 2020. Right. And unless you've got the evidence base on which to make a reasonable decision, you're going to get caught out. So please don't down tools in December of this year, as you say, and think that the job's done because I'm sorry to say, but it carries on into next year and then for the years thereafter. Thanks for the good news, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to WorkSmart's first podcast. To really get to grips with SMCR, head over to worksmart.co.uk to download your copy on the five great strategies for successfully implementing SMCR in your organisation.